This week on a Quick Timeout Plus newsletter, we're looking at Kelvin Sampson's Houston Cougars defense, diagrams and film of two of the Cougars' core four principles. Those of you who are members received in last week's newsletter a breakdown of Nate Oates' adapted five-out offense, as well as some of the best X's and O's from the first rounds of the NCAA tournament. You can become a member of a Quick Timeout Plus newsletter for just $5 per month or $40 for the entire year. To sign up, click the link found in the show's description. Welcome into Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Big thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Your players, parents, and fans will love 323 Sports' famous $55 team packs. Each pack includes a short sleeve tee, long sleeve tee, performance short, and heavyweight hoodie, all with your school's branding included. To find out more, visit 323sports.com or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. It's weekend number one of the NCAA tournament, and we've already seen some upsets, injuries that could potentially impact things, and some solid X's and O's. What have you seen this first weekend, Randy, that has caught your attention? Aside from the upsets, I think just um, kind of a couple teams that maybe were a little off my radar that I didn't watch that I kind of sat and watched for the first time last night I that I was like wow they're they're not bad or that player too like Penn State I haven't really watched them this year and was up late watching them last night and was really impressed by their team that's really it aside from the the two big upsets yesterday unique opportunity to see teams that depending on where you're at in that part of the country like you may have seen some of the smaller conferences playing each other, but how they do against the, the bigger mm-hmm. schools. And also I think sometimes like the colliding of styles of play sometimes Absolutely, is interesting, yeah. to, interesting to watch. And uh, then probably the, the third thing for me is like how teams handle runs, the ages and how those impact or the mindset even and how they impact and how coaches handle those runs is kind of interesting for me to watch too. So uh, something that always catches your and I's attention and what we spend Quite a bit of time on in March, maybe more so in March than others, are the X's and O's. Quick hitters sometimes, and then also just some of the, um, not necessarily quick hitters. I know those are the things that, that everybody kind of gets excited about, but also just kind of like series systems of play, or uh, I know a lot of teams now are doing more where they have like families of plays. This is one of those where if you're only listening, I'd encourage you to go back and watch this a little bit later on, and we'll direct you to where to go to see that, but uh, some March Madness X's and O's particular here from the first round. And we tried to select things just from this first weekend here. One thing, Randy, I talked about, but I kind of have been observing it this year. Uh, you have the old school mentality of end of clock, whether that's shot clock or end of half. And you want to kind of put the ball in your playmaker's hands and let him go to work. The old school thinking you go four low. You maybe screen like the four for the five to slow up the five on the way out to mm-hmm. set the ball screen, but then it's just ball screen and let the guy with the ball cook. Yeah, and I don't see that very. I mean, I haven't seen it this year at all. There's a lot more um, disguising, maybe making the defense work a little bit more than in the past. So this is the first one that, that okay. came to mind with that uh, from the Kansas Jayhawks, and also too kind of interesting like who they have screening and setting up matchups that they want maybe to take advantage of switching um, this one was with with Kansas they actually started the play with Grady Dick setting a ghost screen and gotcha. that caused a switch right away right and that was immediately followed by the back screen so you had that like those 
consecutive actions or multiple Spain actions type that, action, that yeah. you and I talk a lot about. Yeah. And then you get like the Spain that goes into all that. And then it hit right away into a ball screen from the five and the hard dive by five to the rim kind of caught the attention of Grady Dix, player number two. Hit so he that loops defender, out. Yeah. And then he loops out and you can throw it back for the wide open three up there at the top. So not necessarily creating something brand new, but kind of recreating some things that, that we already do and throwing them all into one set there. Yeah, I like I like a lot about this, actually, um, as an end of game or end of quarter or something like that. There's two things that I really like is is the the uh, screen the screener aspect. It's always tough to guard, especially whether it's an off ball screen the screener or we we pick we pick for the picker in a in a in a on ball situation like we see here. The second thing I really like is is throwback elements. I just I, I've always liked stuff like that where we where we throw back and yeah, I could see how that would have yielded a good shot. I did not see this live of maybe in watching another game, but I could see how that would be problematic. And and I'll, I did see a lot of ghost screens. You know, you see that now as a popular action of pick and pop ghost stuff and, and people have a really hard time guarding it. I could see this setting up for a lob potentially if, if, if it needed to a, a, a lob to two, when we back screen for them. So a lot, a lot here, it's kind of three players in the action kind of combining some stuff. So it kind of reminds me of something you might see in like FIBA three on three with just the two spacers in the corners. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I could also see if a team scouts something like this kind of sucking everybody, all defenders towards the middle third of the floor, which could maybe lead to like a kick out to one of those guys in the corner to, yeah, they they're the ones that actually get a shot. But like back to your point, everything that the throwbacks it it sucks everybody. We're so concerned with guarding the paint that everybody sucks in towards the paint, and then you have that throwout, which even if it's not wide open, that's a long closeout. A lot of times that then can yield you a pretty high percentage shot from three. Yeah, I like it. Found video of this, but we don't have it on here on the screen. But this was the end of the first half of Kansas opening round games. So okay, if you want to go back and watch that. Okay, that's where you can find that play. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with the HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to find out more. This one, I included it just, again, the idea of like middle ball screen, but just to show you maybe another idea of something that you could do with a ball screen. This one starts with the ball screen. So unlike the last one where it kind of there's a lot that goes before the ball screen, this one starts with the ball screen, but again, kind of the Spain there. And then the Spain actually leads to three setting a ghost screen for one. And really all of that is just kind of to draw attention towards the center of the floor because there's a pin in screen for your shooter in the corner there. Yeah. So a little bit different idea, kind of maybe like flipping it where you start with the ball screen, but 
Um, just something else that, that could maybe get you a, a shot for a three-pointer. I kind of like how how three coming up the gut there would be almost like ghosting a flat ball screen. That's something I haven't thought of or, or maybe observed. So it's like three, if they were if they were just to come up and set come up the gut and set that ball screen on the second ball screen on one, it might be sort of flat with their back to the rim. You see the ghost a lot where the screen comes the screener comes laterally or something like that, but up the gut and then and then ghosting off of it like that's neat. And that's exactly how Charleston used this one, which was okay. pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. So and then two on the roll there who exits off the pin screen, if his defender, you know, showed for a a, a, a dribble or so to, on the ball or or um you know, he's going to roll out of that and have a lead on his defender coming off that pin screen. I could see how that would generate a good shot there in the corner too. Maybe if there was a frame three, we, we, we pin and pin and post four, you know, like we, we four, four pins for two, we hit two coming in the corner. They don't have a shot. We look to dump it right, you know, throw it right inside the four on the pin and post. So several ideas for kind of disguising your middle ball screen and doing some additional actions after that to make it harder for the defense to guard. Rather than I, I just never got unless you have an elite ball handler score, which I think some teams thought they had, but that doesn't exist a lot of times at the college level. You yeah. can't just send somebody out to set a ball screen and then say go to work. I mean, especially the way a lot of teams were using it, where it was like 12, 13 seconds, and the guy at the mm -hmm. top is just dribbling, and with every dribble, you saw people sucking towards the paint. And most guys weren't going to pass it out to somebody, anyways. This is just kind of a yeah. More options out of your middle and ball screen. Another thing, too, that I'm thinking is if it is a late clock, like a you know end of half, uh, end of game, something like that, where where it's like 12 seconds left and we're going to run this. this. Well, if the, the defense, you know, might have in a timeout before that said, hey, if they if they ball screen, let's trap it. Let's let's you know, let's disrupt that their attempt at, at getting this guy, their best player off the ball screen. Let's trap it or at least two second trap it with a hard hedge or something to disrupt that. Well, this kind of make, you know, put in a little false action or a little, a little pre action into it. Maybe, maybe lessens the likelihood that, that we act, you know, if it's just a straightforward run out ball screen or we're going to trap that and, and get, you know, get this guy who you want to take the last shot off the ball and, and uh, but, you know, kind of hiding it behind some of these other um, you know, a little bit of window dressing, uh, you know, might make that strategy a little bit harder to execute. Yep, that's exactly right. Great point. All right, next one here, less of a action quick hitter and more of series. From the yeah, front I guess Paladin. you could. I, I called it that. So series meaning there's a series. There's a series of of sort of like um, you know, this is what we're looking for first. This is what we're looking for next. So this is what we'd be looking for thirdly. So. You know, Furman as a team pulled off a, a, a pretty shocking upset yesterday, and and uh, you know, it may be shocking to some. I thought they were a good team. I didn't pick them in my bracket to win this game, but I knew they were a good team. In fact, about ten days ago or so, I went down. I started. I watched all nine hundred something made field goals of Furman on the year, and I've got a whole bunch of videos in the pipeline that are going to be coming out that I've kind of organized and a lot of stuff for my rant membership that's not going to come out publicly. But um, so one of the things I observed right away when I started watching them was their usage of these pitchbacks or, you know, coaches call this different things. Some call it toss action or 
toss backs, pitch back, rugby toss, what, whatever. Basically, the idea of, of, of the ball handler, player one, you see in frame one there, of, of sort of like crossing diagonally the middle of the court, and then the player that's sort of impaired with him in, a, in the square top overlapping them and, ta- and taking speed into a pitch to, uh, to sort of like catch that pitch on the run and put pressure on the on the defense, and you see the three players not involved in the pitch action, you know, pushing all the way down to the baseline so that so that um, there's space to attack. So we get three to the baseline, and we overlap the dribble with a downhill pitch. And we, you know, I've got to highlight in frame two the big the big amount of space that we can attack attack with speed coming out of that pitch. If we don't get downhill, we can hit ahead and and maybe it just we we hit a three stepping up out of the corner. If if we don't, we can just you know pitch, hit ahead, sprint right into a side drag. So um, when done when done at speed, when done like in full court at speed with ball speed and player speed, it happens really bang bang. It's really pretty sequence. Yeah, I've got some video here. You can see the two players here that are going to be trailing the action be the be the two players involved with the pitch. And what you'll see is the guy like I had in the diagrams. He's going to cross over and sort of diagonally attack uh, across Main Street there. And the player has widened out so he can gain speed and overlap over the top. And we get this negative downhill pitch to him. And he just can get carry just a ton of speed and, and attack a attack a and attack a lot of space, you know, just right off the break. And here they're scoring. You know, I'm looking at the shot clock. There's five seconds. And they do this a lot. So you, uh, there's, I found this a lot as I watched all of those made baskets over the season. They, this is sort of a natural thing. They pitch, toss back. There you see the guy that was in the dunker spot relocate to, to, uh, to clear space. Here's another nice negative pitch. Uses a shot fake here to set up the drive. But you can see how it puts – pressure on the paint and here's here's an example where the pitch can you know here when he tosses it back his defender is way under all this action and you know this is a good shooting team that makes a lot of threes all five players all five of their starters can hit three so he walks right into a three off the pitch there because the defense goes under everything yeah keep keep it playing and we'll see sort of like a different so here's a pitch where same thing happens they go under it 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 yields a three Here's off a missed free throw. They get the rebound. They're going to go pitch. I think on this one, they they switch. They want to switch it, but they miscommunicate, and two end up going with the ball. Those two players. So he throws it back to the to the pitch man, to the pitch deliverer. Two end up going with the ball. Oops, throw back. There's a three. And then next, the next advancement is if we're going we're going to center it, we're going to overlap, and then we're going to hit ahead by either dribble at. Here's a dribble at back door to the player in front of me. The next, uh, the next um, advancement is going to be dribble at, hit to the player rising out of the corner who, who steps into a three. The next advancement is going to be centering dribble, overlap, pitch, hit ahead, follow in, right into a ball screen. So you can see how all that, that side ball screen. So that's sign of how it series out as a pitch at get downhill pitch it if we don't score off the pitch and drive let's hit ahead and follow it into a ball screen here here they reject the ball screen but it happens really quick and seamless off the break and and it's just something really natural that's really puts pressure on 
your defense and the paint right away. And they're just coming at you with player speed and ball speed. Really good. I, I like that stuff. I like that. Very and simple I, concept that really can can put pressure on the defense. And the the pieces that they've recruited to that spot. I mean, Slauson, who's the player of the year in that conference, like he has the ability that you saw to shoot the three. So if you play him with the five, they'll, sometimes they'll go slaw, small, so he'll be guarded by the five, and that's when he can hit the threes. Mm-hmm. If the guy comes out at him, he can put it on the floor and score it. If he's got somebody his size, he can get into the paint and then – Barkley and become a playmaker for himself or for other yep. guys. So that position and what they do out of that suits him really well. And if you have that kind of player, I strongly encourage you to think about doing that. I've seen him do like Zoom stuff out of that. It flows naturally into their Princeton when he's like the four and they have a five in there. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, so <laughs> I, it, it's awesome the way that they have really – they've tied – when their team gets the ball, we've talked about this before, like they're on offense – there's not yes. transition and half court. It's just like they are pace yes. and space offense, and that is very difficult to guard. They have the ability to where you just creates a dilemma too, where all right, you you want to pick up a little higher to kind of stop some of this. Well, you're just you, you're subjecting yourself to to penetrate and kick. Yeah, that's what the good teams do. They just create dilemmas. Fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job. All right, next up here. Again, no one of those things I mentioned last night, but I only showed the first frame that you see here. So if you saw that, you probably, okay, so what else do they do? I've okay. seen more teams do this. This is particular to Duke. I saw them do it a lot this year, but I probably watched them more than I watched a lot of the other teams. And they uh, put Kyle Filipowski in that fourth spot, and then they had mm-hmm. Derek Lively in the five. So you almost get kind of like a screen to get that guy open um, right away. And so with Filipowski with the ball, now he can do a lot of things out of it. And, this is just one of them. Um, they used it to send him into the post after he gives it back to the big or at, back to the guard. Um, sometimes he was a playmaker, and they just went like straight zoom out of it. This one, they give it back to the point guard, and then the two of them start moving to the opposite side of the floor, give it back to the big, and then he goes with that zoom action on the other side. And then they do a lot of stuff out of that as well. But yeah. I guess I'm just focusing primarily on the stack there at the top. I feel like this is kind of an alternative to – just running an action right away. So a lot of the times we do like a horns up there at the top and you'll do a double screen or a stagger screen of some sort, or there's something else that happens with that four and five in those horn spots. And this yeah. is, this is almost like an opportunity for you to get the ball in different spots that then allows you to get to a stagger or a double or something like that. So I guess just the dis- being able to disguise what you want to do next a little bit better and to create almost kind of like some quick false action up at the top to then set up what you want to do next. Yeah, I like to stack sometimes even better than horns because just backing up, if there were a frame zero, if you will, we're in the stack and one one could drive to the outside of either side of that stack. You know, there's more space than if those guys were placed on the elbow-ish area. Um, and then, you know, you'll see sometimes when they're in the stack and one attacks to the right or the left, the bottom in the stack will sort of pop out opposite. And if the drive gets neutralized, he'll stride, stop, pivot and throw back or something like that. Here in frame two, when they run the hand back action in frame one and then throw it to five who pops off the stack and go to zoom. Of course, you know, the zoom is popular action and, and could lead to some penetration. Um, also, you could you know, four screening for two, two could reject that and four could, um, you know, pop back and play to the pop back man and all kinds of stuff you could do there. 
I think some of the things that maybe you see Duke now are bringing them into the modern basketball landscape a little more. Yep, not a shot at Coach K at all. Just, I mean, obviously he's the best ever, but uh, yeah, just sort of like you know, younger, fresher voice, kind of maybe doing some some uh, some innovative stuff. Yeah, when I was up there last summer, it was cool to hear talking to some of the guys and also hearing Coach Shire talk to us coaches. He said, you know, I want to take some things from overseas and international and start mm -hmm. incorporating those in. And I think you, you start to see that already this year, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see what all they do yeah. going forward. If you want some more two-stack stuff, um, I included it in my Quick Timeout Plus membership newsletter this week. So if you're interested in doing something, seeing more like that, you can you can go and check that out. Yeah. All right, here's the last one. And this is, save this one for last, just because uh, I get asked sometimes, like something quick, like end of, or we, we're down and we need to get a score really quick. Yeah. Um, or again, going back to like end of, end of quarter, end of half, and you only got a few seconds left or something like that. And uh, I've seen teams get to this a couple different ways, but I like this one. They, they wasted no time. It was sprint down the floor. The side is already cleared, so you could potentially make a play for the playmaker. Like if he's quick enough, could go by his man and score. The way that Charleston ran it, drove, guy wasn't able to get into the paint score, so he turned around and barkley And while that was happening, there was like a, a triple stagger going on mm -hmm. on the other side of the floor there. And he just looped around, came right down the middle of the lane, and had a layup right at the front of the rim. Nice. May, may not always one. be that easy, but that's one option at least. I saw this one. Kind of law of space here, meaning if we've got two, three, five, and four all compressed into that action over here, we've we've compressed space over here, which is which enlarges it over there for player one to attack. This would be something good to use too if is put. You know, let's say one of our opponent's guards has picked up a third or fourth foul. Hmm. Let's get let's put whoever he's guarding at player one spot and say, hey, we're going to run this stagger over here for window dressing. But you got to stop this guy with the four fouls or three fouls in the first half or whatever. And and, um, you know, see if we can get a basket because the guy just doesn't want to foul and get physical with the driver. Um, another thing you you could see here that I could see as a possible advancement is two coming off those three screens, curls, for whatever reason he's not open. Five could then screen for three, and three could come off of a stagger, another stagger from uh, a double stagger from five and four. So you know, screen all of us screen for two, and then five screen for three and send a second guy around for maybe a, like a crack back shot um, in the, on the, on the wing above the, above the, where if one had to Barkley and turn. So um, I did see Charleston run this last night and, uh, and, and uh, like it for those reasons. It compresses space over here and large space over here. ISO a driver. It ties up any help because they're all dealing with the stagger action. So if, if he just blows by his guy there, there's really no low eye man. To stay home if they're if 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 the low eye man is x2 well his man's on the move and and we're gonna have that curl so if you want video of this pgc posted a video on their twitter okay. account last Good. night so you can go check that out i figured someone would when i saw that last night yeah, yeah a couple people had it but i know that they they had it thank you to all of those who joined us this week if you missed any part of the live show you can go back and watch or listen to any part just search hoops forum on youtube to see the full interview and you can go to any podcast platform and search a quick timeout to find the audio version of the show.
For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. Enjoy the March Madness. We'll talk to you again next week.